Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're back, baby. It's the Horns Up Talking Texas podcast. Josh Fisher, Alexander Topless, DJ Nicky Snacks, Kreider. Quick little reaction for you after a victory against West Virginia. So get your horns up because here we go. Horns up, talking Texas pod, gents. Well, first, C.J. Donaldson running back, super scary moment. West Virginia carted off the field. He's stable. We're glad he's okay. Let's get that top of mind first yep. and foremost. Um, pretty pretty wild week just in all of football for injuries, yeah. um, head injuries, neck injuries. It, they're really going to take a deep dive into looking at player safety after this season because this is the most – um, outcry that I've seen, and also the, the most injuries that I've seen in a long time in between NFL and college football. Because yeah. CJ Donaldson got carted off, and I think a LSU player got carted off on kickoff, and I think someone said an OU player, or maybe it's Oklahoma State, one of the two, got carted off as well. So that many times happening, like they're there's going to make some changes pretty soon. Yeah, I mean, the injury was super unfortunate, a damper on what was, I would say, by and large, I know, Alex, we were watching together, and you were at times, and I, I feel you, a little agitated about us letting them, they scored 13 in the fourth, and I didn't love that, I would have loved to have, like, and we were pitching a shutout pretty much until the end of the second, I would have really loved to slam the door on them a little harder, but by and large, this is one of the better games, probably the best game we've seen Hudson play ever, maybe, as, yeah. as a Longhorn, right? We had a... A QB rating, I think of like 158 or something. That was higher than that was higher than than Sam Ellinger ever had. Wow, I mean, he was, he looked good. There was like other than the worthy miss when Worthy came back the next play, he's like, "Let me do it myself. I'll just throw this football into the end zone." Outside of that, I don't really. He didn't really make any mistakes, right? Am I, I mean, tripping? He did get billed out on the one Worthy touchdown where Worthy got. You know, basically caught the tipped ball. Oh, yeah. That should have been a pick. For sure. Outside of that, yeah, I mean, I forget. That was a miraculous miraculous. They had the game of the season. His best game of the season, for sure. Undoubtedly. Um, Here's – there's so many things that went right. I just – there was one thing that frustrated me. Can you guys guess what it was? The most frustrating – I think we all felt it. Most frustrating aspect of the entire game. Um. There's one specific thing that we were playing such a good game and I was so happy. And then one thing like turned me off. When Bijan was still playing at the end of the game. Why? Yeah. Like we need dude, like we were up by 100 yards on yeah. the ground. I think I, it was pretty, pretty clear. Once he got it, they, they 
took him out. So I get it. Care about? I, I get it. Like I feel like in college football, accolades are really sought after, and you know maybe there's also NIL incentives involved too that we're just we just don't know about in Bijan's contracts and stuff that the coaches okay. are trying to help him with, and they're also trying to regain his confidence heading into OU. Sure. Um, but heading into OU, you want the guy as fresh and healthy as possible. And yeah, we had we had an eighteen point lead. There was no reason why he needed to be pounding the ball. None. Give it to Jonathan Brooks, right? Get that guy some reps. Get Roshan involved more. You know, get Keelan Robinson involved. Yeah, I mean, like we're practically begging the entire time to get Keelan touches. First of all, Keelan is like borderline, like he's like unsung hero of the season. He's so good on special teams, yeah. like so underratedly productive on special teams. We one of our wishes was answered. Uh, Sanders had two tutties, which was great. He was super involved today, um, and in the long game as well. Sorrell had a sack and a half. Ajomo had a sack. You know, the other half went to Overshawn. Overshawn had a big hit. Um, he was super active. You know, I, I felt, I felt by and large our our defense played a pretty good game. I was pretty happy. I thought Jameson had a nice game. He was super active in the defensive backfields. Um. The defense came out swinging, guns blazing, and this OU team is susceptible. I mean, we could obviously, you know, get a bit more into what we're seeing out of the Big 12. Right now in the Big 12, as far as rankings go, OU's dropped. OK State's up to seven after beating Baylor. Baylor is now – Baylor's dropped from the rankings. Oklahoma's dropped from the rankings. Incoming K-State's moved up from 25, uh, 25 spots from – Two on ranks, TCU up to 17, and Kansas. Kansas is 19. Wow. First time college game day coming to, to – uh, to, is it Manhattan, right, in Kansas? No, no, no sorry, that's Kansas State. Lawrence. Lawrence. First time yeah. going to Lawrence. Um, big game for, for TCU in, in Kansas, the Battle of the Unbeatens in the Big 12. Okay, we both okay, – okay, yeah, I mean, that's a massive – what are we thinking in that one? A hot take, I think – TCU. I think Can- yeah, I think Kansas is I think TCU is kind of good. Right. No, and we're used to seeing Duggan too, or or and I think, you know, he runs really well, he throws really well, and it's just a, a recharged team, in my opinion. They kind of have a fresh perspective now that Patterson's gone. I was actually mm-hmm. talking to a guy who went to TCU and he was just saying how, you know, the team looks so much different under a new coach. Um, I don't want to spend too much time obviously talking about these guys, but it is I was thinking to myself, when was the last time Texas and OU played a Red River rivalry where neither of them were ranked? Do you probably look, been a very you long know? time. I don't probably, know. I don't. I mean, this first of all, I think it's important. I, I think it's important to talk about these other guys because you know, it is. We they're the. I mean, look, we've. We've now beaten West Virginia, so we're one and one in Big Twelve play. I mean, it's all very important. Everything has implications. You know what I'm saying? Like from our schedule's perspective, like Kansas, you know, is does it behoove us for them to beat TCU? Obviously, the OU situation, like we can take OU out completely from Big Twelve contention. Like Kansas State's no joke. Oklahoma State's no joke. You know, I mean, this is this is a monumental game as far as us potentially jumping Oklahoma in the Big Twelve. Yeah, with one probably one year left. 
Oklahoma into Iowa State at home before we have back-to-back away games, OK State and K-State. Um, there's a break in between Halloween weekend, which is great. You know, and obviously we go to Lawrence from, and play KU. Those are our three remaining away games. And yeah. those could end up being the three toughest games of the season, toughest opponents we face. I mean, w- everything will be telling, you know, can Kansas really stop, you know, Duggan's run rush game uh, as, as the quarterback for TCU? I have an answer, um, by the way. Yeah, go. Last time Texas and OU played against each other when they were both unranked. You guys want to take a guess? Pre-2000? Pre-2000, yes. Was Ronald Reagan president? No. It was 1998. Oh, Texas defeated OU 30, 34 to th- to three. Wow. Yep. Crazy to see how fast a program can flip. I think less than ten years later, these are two. They were two of the best programs in college football. Like, I mean, yeah. you go. I mean, teams are always rising and falling uh, in college football. I mean, obviously, we saw Georgia had a major scare. Um, this weekend. I mean, I'm just curious to see if there ever comes a time where the, the the big what I would assume to be the big three, Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, like net now, like if fall, you know, fall. Yeah. Have we come too far with like NIL and everything? And like, you know, have those programs risen too high that they're incapable of, you know, crashing down? Or does there come a day when like, you know, Georgia kind of crumbles, you know, and falls back to like that tier two in the sec i mean because we've seen it like auburn being that tier one obviously lsu being that tier one bam really hasn't left um but you know the, I, those are, yeah i would say it's going to be contingent on when nick saban hangs it up yeah because that whole entire program can change they could lose recruits they can lose games just based off coaching yeah you know they there will be more parity when i think he's gone mm-hmm. or at least towards the end of his career yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. It's I, I was very speaking of Sabu because it was rumored that Sabu would come to us, bringing him back to the Horns. Uh, I'm happy what I've saw at a Sark's offense. You know, I, he trusted Card a bit more. Um, I don't think we ran the Wildcat at all, which was nice to see. Uh, you guys know how you guys know how much I hate the Wildcat. Um, it really and honestly, if you look at the score, like it really felt like we beat them by more our fourth down efficiency is still pathetic they went three of five on us which is horrible we, we were better ourselves on third down i mean but they had 18 third down opportunities they went 50 percent, but they had 18 third down opportunities for a team we were really worried about running the football on us we dominated yeah i mean we, it it i guess it hurt them because cj went out donaldson they're they're sure. true freshman starting running back but i couldn't help to feel like you know, in the second half, it was typical that they were going to come back on us because there was there was a moment there where we were kind of starting to get worried. You know, they started scoring. We weren't scoring. They outscored us in the second half. We only scored 10 points in the second half. And just because you have a nice, comfy lead in college football, we always know that the dominant wins – carry weight it's not like the nfl where a win's a win and like rankings you know don't matter because the only thing that matters is wins and losses in college football margin of win and dominance carries weight yeah like georgia played a close game against missouri and they drop in the rankings and bama moves up to one Mm -hmm. vice versa when bama played against us and, and beat us by one so in those situations where we're up already by you know three touchdowns 
keep scoring, go up by yeah. four, go up by five, go up by six. Hmm. I know it's easier said than done, but it's a style of play calling. The game yeah. plan needs to just be the same as it was in the beginning. And I think Texas has, and this goes back to what I said last week when we had Quan on that. I'm not a big fan of head coaches calling plays on the offensive side of the ball because mm-hmm. I want them focused on calling the game as a whole. The offensive coordinator can only focus on the offense. The defensive coordinator can fo- only focus on the defense, but the head coach on- like only has so much time to talk about defense and talk about offense and then call the plays. And like, you can't do it all. Like mm-hmm. let someone that you trust that maybe you've mentored or someone that you've known, you know, that has a similar philosophy and knows your game plan and hire them to call the plays or at least yeah. give them a script. Yeah. I would, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I just, to that point, it just doesn't seem like there's much changing in the second half, which is probably the issue. There's not a lot of adjustments. There's not a lot of firepower. We're kind of blowing our lead. We're kind of, you know, blowing our load, uh, you know, early in in what we have in the the tank um, in the first half. And and we can't really use much um, in the second. Like we have nothing. It it just felt, yeah, we were really slow and we didn't have any, we had no gas. and I would really like to see some more imagination and some more step on the gas, step on the throat in yeah. the second half. And really, it, really it punish was, them. It was no gas, no breaks, but it was a neutral. Yeah, we're it was a neutral. Of, we're we're kind of rolling down the hill a little bit. Rolling down the hill, we're chilling, like watching the sunset. You know, from like a high control. Yeah, which you don't want to be. You don't want to be because there's still aspects of the game the team needs to work on. Seven penalties, sixty-five yards netted there. Not good. The we're 37% on third down for the season. And to me, we have too talented of a team, too many great players personnel wise to not be batting 50% in third down. You have Sanders. There's just like Sanders, Whittington, Worthy, you know, uh, Keelan, obviously Bijan and, and Roshan. And we like Casey Kane, who's had some bright spots. You know, Milton's been good. Like you have Hall's so many back. players. What? And Hall's back as well. Yeah, we're getting we're getting Jaleel Billingsley here pretty soon as well. Yeah, exactly. So you have so many different kinds of weapons as well that I would love to see an uptick. Um, I third down efficiency. I just hate when I see Texas come out there and to start the half or to like, you know, go back to back series where it's three and out, three and out. Like that just cannot. That's so deflating. Mm-hmm. Where the defense gets you a big stop and they have to go right back out there. Like, I'm not saying that you you can't punt every every drive, but like the three and outs are so deflating for an offense and for a defense. Like, give me at least a first down. Mm-hmm. You know, get four or five plays out there. Get Just in think like, if you have the best running back or one of the best running backs in the nation, you should never not be able to get at least one first down. Right? Yeah, I agree. One of the best, two of the best offensive players. Period. I don't. I just don't understand. Like, I feel like the handoffs that we do for Bijan, like he's not. He had some big runs that broke off, but like as a whole, what we're used to seeing, like when we had Deontay Foreman or even like the guys at Bama or any like the big mauler running backs, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll break off for like six yards, six yeah. yards, like five yards, seven yards. Like they don't have to make twenty yard runs every time, but like. For Bijan, it's like two yards, two yards, three yards, two yards, 25 yards, two yards. Like, that just doesn't cut it. I still feel like in comparison to that game that Bama played against Arkansas, who's a legit opponent, and 
Gibbs, their running yeah. back, had multiple 70-yard touchdown runs. Like the difference was not the talent between Gibbs and Bijan, although I think maybe Gibbs has better like just straight line speed than Bijan, but he certainly is not a better tackle breaker. And he's not he's not as quick, he doesn't have as good as feet, he's not as good with contact. But their offensive line held blocks. Their their wide receivers held blocks a lot better than our guys do. I mean, a lot of times Bijan's getting touched for the first time behind the line of scrimmage still, and he's turning it into a three to four yard gain, but he's breaking two tackles, which is like, I'd like him to get his first, you know, to hit his first defender at yard three, yard four. But we just, it's a young offensive line. So I think, uh, I hope to see continued improvement there. And I wonder if, some of the second half, the stagnation on the offensive side was, Nick, what you had talked about when we played our opening game where we were holding on to some of the cards um, because we know that we're playing Oklahoma next week and it's always a crazy battle. It's a war every every time we play them, no matter what their record is, no right. matter if the last time we, we played them and both teams were unranked was in 1998. Like We beat them when we've been unranked. They probably beaten us when we were ranked and they were unranked. Like that's just how this game goes. It's a true rivalry. One of the best in college football and we got to be ready to play. The thing about the like Hudson and Bijan staying in the game, obviously Bijan, we want him to stay healthy going into this OU game. But what about Hudson too? Like he was ailing this entire game. We have no idea what Quinn's going to look like when he comes back he could be one hit away from being back on the sideline. I hope he's not knock on wood, but like Hudson's just as important to our team at this point, having a, a solid backup quarterback. Like we've they seen all teams across, across college football lose because their starter goes down and some backup who's a fre- true freshman comes in and can't get it done. Like he, we need him. We need him uh, as available as possible. Yeah. I mean, OU yeah. lost Dylan Gabriel. Like he left the right. game. You know, it's like we may be seeing a backup quarterback in Oklahoma. They kept saying it throughout the whole broadcast in college football. Damn the NFL, the NFL too. We said you need a competent backup, and we smack. I smacked talk Cooper Rush on our other show like a while ago, and I, I'm happily wrong there. But my point to why I thought the Bills were such a contender, outside the reasons that other people said so, was the fact that they had Case Keenum, and like that was such an important piece to their team. They went out and got a serious backup guy because God forbid Josh Allen goes down, you could still you're, you're still you still have a roster that competes. Right. Having a backup is so important. A good backup is so important. I wouldn't make that like the reason why they're a contender. They're a contender. I said outside of the uh, outside of the other reasons that people have listed. Right, like an right. under well, an under an understated reason. There's a lot of good backups I think out there, and I think if you're a blue blood program. If you're a Bama, if you're Ohio State, if you're a Texas, if you're a Michigan, Miami, US, all these schools, you probably have a competent backup because that's the quarterback of your future for seeing the foreseeable mm-hmm. future, at least. You know, obviously we don't have Arch Manning, and that's kind of the guy of our future. But there's four. Quinn's a, or, or uh, Hudson's a four-star quarterback, right? Malik Murphy's a four-star quarterback. Some had him at a five-star. Like we watched the Bama game and, and toss you, you you were saying how, you know, Milrow is looking amazing. And I had a friend text me saying that he's going to hundred percent want a Heisman at some point in his career, which like really early to say that, but that's Bama. They're they're going to have someone like that. You know, all these programs Mm -hmm. have that. So it is, it's, it's super important to keep these guys healthy, to keep them, you know, focused and sharp between, between the years and, you know, to kind of get them these reps as well. But, you know, I think it's going to be a different ball game with Quinn coming in. We talk about our offensive woes. We talk about the three and outs. We talk about, you know, just being stagnant on that side of the ball. It's a completely different offense now. 
right? Like what we saw out of Quinn in that first half of that Bama game, it's something that unfortunately Hudson just doesn't possess. The deep ball is just, it's, it's not a factor with Hudson, right? Like the pinpoint. No, it's not. I just, I don't, I, my, I also feel to be honest. And while we owe you is always a bloodbath for, you know, cause we'll preview this coming up. I, I was happy with the West Virginia game. I don't think it's our toughest game by a long shot. I actually think the games no. that I listed Oklahoma earlier, State. Oklahoma State, TCU, Kansas, and, and K-State, of course. There's no easy least. games this season. There's, there's not, a single, not a single easy game this season. Yeah, we still have to play Baylor. And, you know, Iowa State is just always gives a fight. We lost them last year. And K-State, I mean, honestly, look at their team. And they, the running quarterback and the running back, we talk about things we struggle against. And they, Martinez and Vaughn have been completely dynamic. I don't – if Quinn isn't ready, I don't need to rush him back for Oklahoma because, for me, he's it's more important he's there for the other games following, to be honest. I know it's like the, the big Red River game, like one of our last in the Big 12, but quite frankly, especially if they're rolling out a backup quarterback, by the way, who I was not impressed with, um, you know, in the second half of that TCU game, and again, I'm sure he'll have more time to prep. Like, I feel I, – this is the most – This is the most confident. Sorry, I froze a little bit. There's the most. This is the most confident I've felt in uh in, in Hudson in a long time. So I'm cool rolling out Hudson. I don't. I don't mind it. You know, he, yeah, he, he mean, did. Offense is not as dynamic, yes, but I don't mind it. Ultimately, we did what we needed to do as a team. Whether I I like the second half or the three of us like the second half or not, like we won this game. We won it handily. We bounced back from a loss. We took care of business at home, and now it's just it's prep time. And it's, it's get your mind, right. Get your body, right. Cause you're, you're traveling, you're back on the road. Any of the guys that haven't played in this game, well, we should talk about this with Quan, obviously, but like you're on cloud nine. And so you're going to be expending a lot more emotional energy than you typically do when you're on the football field. Mm-hmm. And that's why this rivalry is so fun. And yeah. can't wait to talk about it with Q. Cause he always has tons of yeah. stories that he shares with us. And of course we'll have to retweet that famous set he had in that game, you know, it's a great tradition we have. Um, all right, gents, good stuff. Um, we'll obviously drop a show this week, getting more into Oklahoma. But, yeah, good one against West Virginia. Pleasure watching in Nicky Snacks' place, his first, his brand-new apartment, really nice spot, his first time having people over and, like, in a big in a big setting. Well, no, it's the first time having you guys over. We've had a ton of parties. You just haven't been invited yet. Oh, well, you know what? I actually heard they are pretty sick. I didn't want to bring it up on the show and get, and get in your face about it. but No worries. Yeah, so it's the first time Toss and I were allowed in the household. Uh, we really had to work hard for it, but I appreciate you uh, letting us earn our keep. And yeah, no we problem. hope to be invited back soon. Um, also, we hope to win next weekend uh, in, in the big showdown. Fans out there, get your horns up. Josh Fisher, Alexander Tsopolis, DJ Nikki Snacks Crowder. We'll see you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.